0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network.
1: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Friday presented as always by BetMGM. We'll continue to roll through every single wildcard weekend game, but right now, Let's go out to the guest line here. One of our favorite guests, Alice Christensen, Brown Bag, Bad Sports Wage UN, uh, one of a uh, great NBA guy, along with a touchdown, um, you know, someone who projects touchdowns. And we love that, especially this weekend. He's joining us at the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedrooms. GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Alex, always excited to have you on. So uh, take us, I-, I guess, inside the process. Is there anything different touchdown? props, postseason, regular season, right? A matchup's a matchup. the games or game. Anything different? Um, or is it just another week, higher profile? But have I mean, you noticed anything different with either the odds or the way you handicap touchdowns in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I don't know if anything is too much different. I would say in general, as the season goes along, I try to look at the last four to six weeks. The NFL is a season that, although there's very few games, it does have kind of a long span in terms of changes in targets, changes in strategies for these teams. So I like to really try to look at the last four or so weeks. And some of these teams, they've had a chance to play before. Um, you know, so you get to look, say, at the matchup, say, for the Seahawks, 49ers. You get to look at the matchups for the Dolphins and the Bills. So um, I would say maybe that is actually the biggest change. When I get to the playoffs and I've got a team that's, you know, they played each other twice, I get a chance to go through and look at those games specifically, but it would be basically that, looking at the historical matchups from this season a little closer, and then again, trying to just focus on the last four to six weeks. And Alex, with our first game tomorrow, that's what you have to look at strictly with San Francisco offensively, because uh, it's been the Brock Purdy show and he falls into that range. This number sitting 9.5, looks like
1: weather could play a factor with the rain, total down to 42, um, wh- wherever you want to go, if it, whether it's touchdown props, side, total, what interests you?
0: It's a very, very messy game. The total's down to 42 at this point. I was thinking about maybe an under. You know, both of these teams really are good ball control teams. So, um, you know, in general, it seems like it should be a comfortable win for San Francisco. They've really settled in with Brock Purdy. The rest of that team is really fantastic. And again, Purdy understands that he's just there as kind of a caretaker. Um, you know, his job is to not lose the game, which he's been very good at. I've been putting the San Francisco 49ers in some teasers. That was back closer to 8.5. Now that it's at 9.5. Um, maybe a little bit not as great of an idea, but the one touchdown score I did like quite a bit for the 49ers. Again, if you look over the last couple of weeks, Elijah Mitchell getting more and more work. We know that um, Kyle Shanahan loves mixing in these running backs and as great as Christian McCaffrey has been and continues to score, his usage has been down over the last couple of weeks. And you see Mitchell getting more and more work. So I'd look at his rushing yards props and then Mitchell to score a touchdown plus 285 looks like a really good number to me.
1: Alex let's go to the night game on Saturday um this could be one of the more interesting ones Chargers and the Jaguars um what's your feeling on the game and and how much does the Mike Williams uncertainty impact you like you know we always talk about these players that make a difference and he does but the line isn't moved and it's kind of moving actually towards the the Chargers even though there's a lot of uncertainty on whether Mike Williams will play how big of a deal is it if he can't and what do you think about this game
0: It's very important if he can't play, but I think this is a a case of the market kind of understanding what's happening here. As you start to look at some of these moves, I think people seem to think that maybe he'll be out there in a limited capacity. Regardless, I still really like the Jaguars here, whether Mike Williams plays or doesn't. This is kind of a weird spot for the Jaguar, I'm sorry, for the Chargers, where they have one day less of rest for whatever reason. Brandon Staley took it upon himself to play all of his starters last week. So the injury report is an absolute mess. Jacksonville's been at home. Home. doug peterson you know has been a solid playoff coach i'm sure joe you remember his time with the eagles he really does well planning for these spots that jacksonville team is kind of playing their best football so jacksonville has been my favorite teaser leg plus two and a half take it up to eight and a half um really like that quite a bit um probably my best angle there you know in terms of touchdowns uh, trevor lawrence has been sneaky great this year when it comes to um Being able to get across the goal line. I don't mind playing him. And then, you know, Travis Etienne, um, trying to see what his number is to score. You know, it's only minus 135 to score. I would take a look at maybe his price um, for two plus touchdowns, which I don't have in front of me. But again, five, six to one on that is probably a good sprinkle. All right, let's move uh move ahead to Sunday in what will probably go down as the largest point spread we've seen in wild card history. The current number is thirteen. It wouldn't surprise me if we get to, to uh two touchdowns here with Skyler Thompson under center at the Bills. Another one of those matchups that we that we just saw. Uh we were just talking through this game. This is one where I, I find it more challenging to find uh betting angles than any Yeah this game is particularly rough here. Um, hard to figure out exactly what to expect from a team with Skylar Thompson. Um, pretty sure he hasn't played really at all this year. It'll be his first game, his first playoff game. It's just a lot for the Miami dolphins to take on here. Um, again, the bills really should walk through this pretty comfortably and it does, it makes the game pretty hard to handicap simply because you're not sure really how, um, you know how much um, play all these Buffalo Bills are going to get. Are they going to be out there for a half? Are they going to be out there for three quarters? So um, kind of happy to leave this one alone. Kudos to anybody that struck early and got some Bills early in the week. You're in a great spot. And I think everybody else should just be happy to watch and let it go.
1: All right, let's go to the Sunday afternoon game. I think this one's going to be highly bet on. It's a New York team, obviously. It's the Giants in there. Close spread. People have strong opinions on, on both sides. Mostly I've seen people in on the Giants plus the points. Um, we just saw this a few weeks ago, and it was a higher-scoring game. You know, there was back and forth. There was a lot of points at the end, the field goal by the Vikings. Uh, what kind of game do you think we get here, Alex? And, and, and where would you lean with, with scoring in this game? Because there's a lot of star players, right? There's, there's obviously Jefferson. There's Barkley. Uh, Daniel Jones has been a sneaky good you know, play in terms of touchdown score as well. Um, what are your thoughts on how this game looks, and, and where would you go for touchdowns, Giants and Vikings?
0: The Giants and Vikings, I'm excited for this game, and I know I've talked about teasers quite a bit, but uh, when you get to the playoffs, it's really one of the most profitable angles. A lot of the efficiency in those teasers are based in the efficiency of the market. At this point, these handicappers, these sports books have had all season to push these numbers into place. So, you know, when you feel better about that, you can feel better about taking these numbers up and down. I love this gi- spot for the Giants here. I mean, we, as I think pretty much everybody knows at this point, the Minnesota Vikings, I believe it's 11 of their 13 wins have come by one score score less, which is just absurd. Um, This Giants team has been really tough. Again, kind of peaking at the right time here. Lean towards this maybe being an over game. Both of these teams are aggressive and know how to sort of put together drives when they really do need to score points at the end. Again, going to tease the Giants up. And in terms of touchdown score here, you know Daniel Jones I'm gonna play him to score a touchdown I'm gonna to play him to score two touchdowns he is someone that they really use strategically he's plus hit 170 to score just one touchdown two touchdowns should be you know North of 10 to one or so so I'm gonna be sprinkling some Daniel Jones he's been great for this team and I see no reason why that would stop
1: yeah and the Jones angle boy it's um his third rushing totals only I think 38 and a half or it's around there too would you think about that too I mean because if he's getting two touchdowns he's obviously running the ball a decent amount probably not just red zone would you look at jones maybe in terms of going over his uh, his yardage total as well
0: yeah i don't mind that look my only concern and part of the reason i stay away from some of these qb rushing totals towards the end of the game if they're taking knees if they're taking big sacks to avoid turning the ball over you just you're so upset you know you've got say over 35 and a half they have 45 rushing yards coming into the fourth quarter two sacks and a knee and you're dead so um, i'm just going to focus on touchdowns to try to avoid that nonsense
1: All right, let's go to the night game on Sunday. And it's a shame that Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to play because that's that's a fun matchup. Divisional game, Lamar and Burrow, different styles. would be a lot of fun. So we're not going to get him. I I guess we're getting Tyler Huntley. And on the other side, I mean, the Bengals are a lot of fun touchdown props normally, right, because you have Mixon. You have those great receivers. But that Ravens defense has been really good. Uh, Maybe that gives us better numbers. Maybe we want to stay away. What, What are you thinking in this game in terms of, um touchdown props and and I'm assuming you like the Bengals but that is a big number in the game
2: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Yeah, you have to like the Bengals to win. It's it's so disappointing to have so many games with quarterback uncertainty at this point. I know it's a long season, and injuries have been pervasive. But, again, this is the third game where you just kind of look at it and – Man, that stinks. It would be a ton of fun if this were Lamar Jackson. I think the Bengals do a really nice job here. Um, In terms of touchdown scores, I'm going to be looking a little further down the board for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd has really done great these last three weeks, and this Ravens defense in a divisional matchup, they know how to focus on Jamar Chase. They know how to focus on T. Higgins, which creates a lot more space for somebody like Boyd running around there. He's plus 250 to score. And then Hayden Hurst. The Ravens have given up touchdowns to tight ends pretty much all season. Again, you think about that you know the playbook here for the Bengals and the matchup for the Ravens they know that's going to be mixing and Chase and Higgins and you know, the Bengals have no problem Joe Burrow really does spread the ball around so I think we see a Hayden Hurst touchdown here as well so yeah give me Boyd and Hurst
1: Boyd and Hurst for Sunday night all right let's go to Monday night and it's the one I mean eyeballs bets money everything's going to come on it's Dallas Cowboys against Tom Brady here and I mean Alex it's amazing I'm not sure if you have a theory on it or why but Dallas this year's had a good season they did not play well at the end. But they're their they're year on grass. I'm not sure if it's a turf thing with their players, their offense, their pass rush. They've been awful on grass. I mean, they're 1-4 and four on grass away from turf fields. And the only win was against the Titans. And they weren't even playing their guys that night. They basically played all their backups. So I don't even know what to do with that. Dallas as a two-and-a-half point favorite. Before we get to touchdowns, are the Cowboys going to blow this again? Are the Cowboys going to lose in the first round again? What do you think on Monday? <laughs> I
0: think that the NFL should have picked a different game for Monday night. This is a really scary standalone game for everybody to have to watch. Tampa Bay has just been a mess pretty much all season. We've seen Tom Brady have a few comebacks. Like you mentioned, the Cowboys have been brutal, basically, away from home, especially on grass here. We know that Tony Pollard isn't 100%. Dak Prescott is throwing interceptions. So I think that if you tell me you strongly have a feeling about who's going to win this game, I think that you're kind of lying to me. This seems just like an anything-could-happen possibility here. Um, you know, you want to trust the Buccaneers as a steady hand. You know, Tom Brady has been really good, but... The Cowboys, the way that they want to run the ball, historically, this Buccaneers team has been great against the rush defense, but not for the last six weeks. They picked up some injuries on that defensive line and have been incredibly porous. So uh, it's kind of a nightmare for them to have to look at this team where the Cowboys, we know they're going to run a Zeke Elliott. We know they're going to run Tony Pollard. And if those two guys sort of go off here and the Cowboys can get a lead, uh, things get really, really dicey. So I think this is kind of a messy game here as I start to look at the matchup. Um, i think that you know given the amount of turnovers both teams generate here i'm just going to play both defenses to score um i think we're definitely going to see a couple interceptions possibly a fumble here again it's been harder for those guys to hold on the ball in some of these spots and again given the general overall nervous messy nature that i'm expecting from this game here give me both defenses the bucks are close to 5 to 1 to score the cowboys are close to 4 to 1 both defenses have been good at turning the ball over themselves and turning those into points so i'm going to look that way in a game that you know i think i might not watch all the way through
1: yeah, it could be ugly. I mean, it, the drama will be there, and someone will be fired the next day, probably, if it's the, on the Cowboys side. Uh, but it'll be drama. <laughs> All right, Alex, while we have you, I, I'm curious on this because we always talk so much basketball with you when you're on. Um, do you have a, a, a. I'm sure you've noticed it because we've sort of noticed in the show the last two or three weeks. W- w- if you had to guess, what do you think's going on in the NBA right now that road teams are, are, have been as bad as they've been straight up? I think there's only three teams in the NBA, as far as at least yesterday I looked. That have winning records on the road which okay i mean you're gonna better record at home we get that but it, it seems more dramatic this year than it has been in recent years do you, do you have any thoughts on why this is I, I haven't seen anything like this in a while in sports
0: i think it has to do with some of the schedule changes about two seasons ago the nba tried to find a way to um, make everyone's lives a little easier. Make sure you're spending more time at home. And if you're spending more time at home, you are spending more time on the road when you go out. For example, I think the Bucks are, are a perfect team to look at to see this dynamic. They had, I believe, it was only six road games in the first you know, quarter of the season. In the second quarter of the season, I think they're up to 16 road games, something like that. So as you start to look at the schedule dynamics, home teams are spending more time at home, more comfortable getting used to the stadium. Um, you have a chance to kind of find your rhythm a little bit more. So I think that enables home teams at the same time these road teams you're looking i've never seen so many six seven game road trips so many four games out on the road one home back out for five as we have in the past couple years so i think it maybe is an unintended consequence of the nba reorganizing the schedule which has been good for rest players are getting more rest than they ever have without having you know a lot of the nonsense we've seen over the last couple of seasons but at the same time you're right the phenomenon seems to really affect some of these road teams so curious to see if that holds up for the rest of the season
1: yeah, and let's end with this—the um, MVP. I mean, if it feels like every time I talk to someone, they're like, "Well, how could he not win it? He's averaging thirty points a game." I'm like, well, they're all averaging thirty points a game, right? It's it's a ridiculous year with <laughs> with these numbers right now. Jokic and Luca are the two favorites, um, or, or near the top, uh, and depending on which book you look at, but it's a bunch, right? Jokic, Luca, Tatum, Giannis, and Bede. An injury now to Durant probably derails that a little bit for him. But if you had a bet right now on the MVP, where would you you put a bet in?
0: Yeah, to kind of steal um, a concept from our buddy Ken Barkley from You Better You Bet here, you have to take a look at the list and start crossing names off and things clear up quite a bit. Luka Doncic has been great, but his number is set right there. He has the least compelling statistical profile of any of these guys. The Mavericks continue to be kind of a mid-tier Western Conference team. They don't take that step forward. So 3-1, to I'm happy to cross him off. Nikola Jokic is fantastic. He probably deserves to win this award, but if he does, it'll be the third year in a row that he won it. Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Will Chamberlain. Those are the only people that have ever won three MVPs in a row. With all due respect to Nikola Jokic, it is going to take something incredible for the voters to give him that award this year. Which brings me down to the third name on the list, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's where I'm putting my money right now. This Bucks team, as I mentioned, um, I think we're getting some value on their numbers right now. If you look at their last six to eight weeks, it has been a brutal schedule for them. Pretty much on the road every other night, um, traveling constantly. And I think once they get back home here, the schedule settles out for a little bit. We're going to watch them push up the Eastern Conference standings. I would start to put some money on Giannis there at, at that number. And if you're looking for a little bit of a bigger number, John Morant, he was 30 to 1 to start the week. He's down to twenty-five to one i think anything 25 to one is a good bet on him given how wide open that western conference is if he can get that memphis grizzlies to finish the season as a one seed continue to put up all the statistical numbers he is there's a lot of value in that so give me Giannis and ja
1: great stuff alex christensen on the getmyphoenix.com guest line the phoenix a revolutionary technology helping men all across america get back to their best in the benarus getmyphoenix.com to learn more We'll dive back into Wild Card Weekend. ravens Bengals next on the Back Network.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better